Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. 600? No, no way, that's crazy. No one no. is talking to you. Where are you headed, girls? Huh? I don't know, we got this map. It's uh, somewhere in the San Juans. You must know where that is, right, Skipper? You crazy? They crazy. No, I don't think so. Excuse me? I said forget it. Yeah, forget it. Forget it. That means stop talking, stop walking. Why? 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 They always ask why. You know what they call this island? Isla del Morte. Morte? That's Spanish for death. In case you don't speak Mexican. Well, listen, friend, I got me an island to cash right here, and if this is some lame attempt to hit me up for more cash... No, it ain't. There ain't enough cash in the world to make us go back there. Nah. Keep the cash. Keep the cash. Well, let's get out of here. Fuck it, a grand. You say 500 now, and another five on the way back. You can be mighty persuasive if you want to be Mr. Uh... Cruz. Simon Cruz. And you are? Kirk's the name. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload. We are here for the final part of our three-part trilogy of terror. The bowl of... I don't even know what you would even call it inside. But Uwe Bull's three-punch combo. We made it through Blood Rain. We somehow came back after watching Alone in the Dark. And it is time for the movie that kicked off Uwe Bull as the video game adapter or ruiner, depending on how you see him. It is House of the Dead from 2003, the first movie he touched. Based on your opinion on this, you may wonder why or how he ever got to touch anything else ever again. <laughs> Wayne. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Mark. Speaking of inappropriate touching, I think Uwe Bowl needs a restraining order from the video game industry so that he never makes another <laughs> movie again. Show us on a Sonic doll where he touched you with the camera. Oh, boy. Everywhere. Oh, boy. No crevice left unturned. This movie doesn't need any plot introduction because... Plot? It, <laughs> it does, but I don't think it respects its own plot. Let's start with Wayne. Wayne, where does this sit in the pantheon of Uwe Bull films for you? So, he makes bad movies, okay? Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I don't disagree. But this movie was fucking awesome. Yes! <laughs> I had a blast with this. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at it. Uh, don't get me wrong. It is a bad movie. And if it's anybody terrible. said it's it's a bad movie, I would say, yes, I understand why you why you think that. But there's one important aspect that makes this amazing for me. This film is very Sega. Oh, yeah. And if you play Sega video games, this is a Sega video game. Just cutscenes you're watching. It's that part. I it was captured so well from the dialogue to the acting to the action. Everything is very Sega, and that's important because that's what this is based on. I had fun, Mark. Ah, uh, <laughs> Mark needs chat. So, look, 
Okay, let me get this out of my system because I have to try to say something good. Fuck you, Louis Bowl. <laughs> I mean, hate your movies, all of them. Now, with that being said, we're in the pantheon of Louis Bowl movies. This is like maybe his second best one, honestly. Because it's his best. Okay. To Wayne's, to Wayne's <laughs> point. See, for me, Dungeon Siege is still the best one. Because I was in tears laughing like I shouldn't have been, but I was in tears. Because there's just so many moments in Dungeon Siege that are so bad that they had me laughing. That's the same with this. This is that just not it's as obvious. funny as Dungeon Siege. So this might be his second best movie, which is a <laughs> low bar. Let me be very clear. Yeah. But it has moments that I genuinely laughed at. Um, a few things I try to enjoy <laughs> like the flashes to the uh well and i'm sure we'll get there but when they're doing the the flashes during the action scenes yeah, to like that doesn't arcade, make oh man the first time they did it i was like oh that's a cool little nod the 85th time they did it i'm like please stop <laughs> so yeah obviously you already know my opinion of it since i was very quick to agree with wayne and <laughs> I get in terms of if you're going, oh, is this art? Is this a film? Yeah, fine. Characters disappear and reappear. Yeah. There is no editing continuity. The dialogue is hysterically <laughs> bad. The performances are below porn it's level. not a good movie. <laughs> it is not a film where you'd be like, man, you got to see this. This is a must-see film. But <laughs> it is one of the most fun experiences i've had across this entire podcast i would agree with this that. movie is a joy to watch because it is insane yeah i can't agree with that. i am converted i legitimately will watch more Uwe Boll films hoping that he captures the magic of this first outing <laughs> you can tell this is they handed it off to someone and didn't know what they were handing it off to not who they didn't know what they were handing it off to and this came back and that's why alone in the dark suffered they watched this and went we have to control him and they stifled him yeah and ever since he's been trying to go back and get more weird and more out there he didn't care if this movie made sense he cared if his bizarre ideas got on the screen yeah and holy crap there is some bizarre stuff happening on this screen oh yeah so it's so great yeah so one thing I want to say for this movie in its favor, because <laughs> it's executed poorly. However, the attempted plot of this movie is that, I don't know, however many hundreds of years ago, this guy decides to live forever and he creates zombie blood. And I guess because he's a rotting corpse does need to get fresh bodies yeah. to replace his flesh so that he's, a functioning corpse. That's actually kind of an inventive process. Yep. I did enjoy that concept of like, you're not just a zombie forever and you just stay fresh zombie. Like, no, you need to find body parts to stitch back onto yourself in order to keep functioning after hundreds of years. So that's a cool concept. Is that evident? <laughs> if you watch this movie, maybe not, <laughs> but it's something I got out of. Well, it led it to have a couple of really cool aesthetic choices. So you have this, what was he, like an evil mad priest from hundreds of years ago, like you said, and he's found a way for immortality, which is zombification. But the fact that you see all these stitch marks along him, like Frankenstein's monster for the pieces he's been patchworking onto himself, 
the fact that when you look across all of the zombies that he has on his island, you can actually see a passage of time with the types of zombies he has. Yeah. You have ones that are relatively recent and are all flesh because they're, you know, the party goers who showed up to this thing. You have ones who look like they're a few decades old. You have ones in like Centuries 16th yeah. century armor from the original yeah. like boat crew. I thought that was kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah. It's bizarre to me that it you have cool. a movie that paid attention to that detail. And nothing but else. that same movie has characters that are changing weapons and clothing mid-fight yeah. in an action scene. And and you know what? He looked... <laughs> the reshoots are shoddy. He looked and sounded good enough to be in an actual horror movie. Yes. <laughs> I agree. He was pretty cool looking, the main yeah, villain. I, like, some, like at the end when he was like talking... And it's dark in that room, and he's like sticking his tongue out. I'm like, this is almost horrorish. It's yeah. supposed to be, but it's not. But it should be because he fits that 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 character fits that horror theme. He's too good of an idea for the movie, mm-hmm. but he's pretty yep. good. That, that that's exactly it. 100%. One of the detriments to the film is that it takes so long before you get to see him. It's got like 15 minutes left before you really get a good look at him. Yeah. They drag that mm-hmm. out. But they have so many other wild yeah. zombie designs that I, I kind of forgive it. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know what Uwe Boll's fascination is with underwater fighting, but it started here. Blood Rain For didn't sure. even begin it. <laughs> you have zombies swimming, running, attacking people in the water. Zombies are jumping 30, 40 feet in the air. These are super powered zombies, and it's awesome. You know what's amazing? That these zombies are super powered. And let's not forget, zombies don't feel pain. But when they're chasing somebody through the woods, zombies still know how annoying it is to be hit by the twig. So they're still dodging the twigs, <laughs> chasing these people because they know it's goddamn annoying to be smacked in the face with a twig. I thought that was hilarious. So a really weird thing for me in this, and he is actually one of the more enjoyable characters for his sheer stupidity, but the guy who plays Greg, Will Sanderson, is in, I think, every Uwe Boll movie we've watched. Yeah, he's a friend of his, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, he is his Bruce Campbell. Because he was part of Bravo Team back in uh, Alone in the Dark. Yeah, he's in every movie. Greg, Greg, that was the guy who was in The Outhouse? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Outhouse yes. man. Yeah. <laughs> so, I got a question, and maybe you know this. Okay. Did the 16th century zombie send out a raven bite, or was that just happenstance they ended up on the one island where there's a zombie? Like, I actually <laughs> was beginning to think he planned it. I think that was happening. Because it works out so well. I choose to believe it's weird. that the 16th century zombie master created yes. that pamphlet inviting people to his rave. I choose to believe this. So do I. He set up this so whole thing to invite ravers so that he could eat them. That That's the to plot. Eat, I'm convinced. To the Isla de Muerta? That's the right. island of death, and everyone's like, hey, let's go. Like, uh, Except so for the boat captain, so who won't go for any price. I, that, I gotta Except admit, that was my first hardcore laugh, the whole, I'll give you $500 <laughs> oh God, yes. to take us. No amount of money would ever make me take you there. Ah, fuck it, how about a thousand? Okay, let's go. I know, like, that's like it's not even the, that much more. <laughs> Do you know what makes that even better? What genuinely makes it even better? The first offer is three hundred dollars because he doesn't know where they're going. He's like, "It's gonna cost you six. Yeah, <laughs> and they're probably like, "Fine, we'll pay you six. We're gonna go here." And our buddy Greg is like, "This is ridiculous," and he's like, "I'm not talking to you." And then 
he finds out where they're going and he's like, nope, not going to do it. And they're like, come on, man. No amount of money. You can't force us to haggle and give you more money. He's like, it's not even about that. I wouldn't take you for all the money in the world. A thousand dollars? Okay. Yeah, like- <laughs> it's that sequence of dialogue. It's amazing. It's so funny. It's great. It's so bad, it's but it's so, so funny. funny. And the whole time beside him and the guy playing him is like the commander from like Das Boot or whatever it yeah. is. Like he's a legit actor. Yeah. And yeah, again, we both get legit actors. But right beside he's him is Clint Howard doing a bit as like some weird, like Igor to yeah. a sea captain, where he's got like the yellow yeah. raincoat on and he's pretending he has a hook for a hand, but he's just holding on to a hook. <laughs> he's got that My, ridiculous accent going. Like, what is happening? The, the all time best part of him is literally the fact that he makes the smartest choice in the movie. Wait a minute. You're taking them? I ain't coming. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not coming. I'm not going to go. And I'm <laughs> bewildered <laughs> at how he's talked into going, which is basically just like, let's go. <laughs> like, that I know. The, like, there's no convincing. It doesn't make any Jürgen sense. Jurgen Prochnow's captain is just like, he's like, I'm not going to. He's genuinely terrified of the island. He's just like, okay, don't worry about it. Let's go. And he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> They don't need to be exaggerated like they are, but both of them are two of my favorite characters oh. in this because they feel like Best. they're in a completely different movie yeah. than the teenage yes. or young 20s cast that are all going to yes. get eaten. And I don't know what movie they're supposed to be in, but this is the right one. Yeah. <laughs> or what has to be my second favorite part of that opening, which is he's getting ready to take the kids. And I guess the law is coming to search his boat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you and dare drive puts, away. And he starts he's to pretending he's not going to leave, but he's going to leave because it's just more. It's it actually is more than an inconvenience. He actually has illicit oh, contraband no. on his boat, and he knows it. And she previously told him what day of the week she's coming. So he is so stupid. <laughs> He's so arrogant. He's made no plans. <laughs> he has got the contraband on the boat on the day he knows she's coming. And if it not for these kids, he would have been sitting in the dock. Like, oh my god, I just died. And then Dying. he takes off, and the cops get into their boat, and like, you know, do you want to catch him? No, no, we'll stay behind, and <laughs> we don't want to like alert him to our presence. You're the only other boat in the water for miles. You think he doesn't notice you? Well, and the best dialogue ever is. Ah, oh, he's heading to uh, the island of death. Cool. Hey, we'll hang back to uh, so he doesn't don't alert him to our presence, but don't lose him because we don't know where he's going. I'm like, no, no. You just you said know you exactly knew. where he's going. You <laughs> said where he's going. <laughs> like the audience knows where he's going because we were privy to the conversation on the boat. However, we were also privy to your conversation, so now we know you know. You can't pretend you don't know. Like, so, oh, God. Even getting past them, and they are, hands down, they're my favorite characters. Those two are ridiculous, the captain and his right hand. I kind of enjoy the young, dumb 20-somethings. Yeah. Like the, as far as I can yeah. tell, the male model yeah. that gets his face burned off when he first elephant goes up man. to his yes. girlfriend. Yeah, elephant man. And you think <laughs> he's going to kiss her, man. and he just, like, smells her? What is that? I <laughs> like, I love that the And then he follows up with narrative. Ruff, like a dog. But the voiceover narrative is the best there because it literally describes him as, as like he's good looking, which and you can't be you can't have all the gifts, so he's dumb. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone treats him like he is the stupidest person. Yeah. They don't even <laughs> pretend to, uh, yeah. you know, to be nice. They literally call him, call him out. I usually yeah. have a big problem with inner monologues because usually it's used to fix poorly edited films. Alone in the Dark had a lot of it and it was irritating the crap out of me. But this one, it's just flavor of the morons that are going to get eaten and i kind of liked it in this i thought it worked really well it's like 15 second explanation of each character so that you don't like them very much yes and that way when they get attacked it's like the friday the 13th films you're kind of cheering for the zombies on this one yeah like the narrator actively the narrator actively dislikes all of his friends it's Which is amazing because it opens on him sitting there like holding a gun and he's crouched down and he looks all distraught. So you think as flashback, he's going to really mourn all these people. Nope. (laughs) Nope. He didn't seem to like any of them except for his (laughs) ex-girlfriend who they early on set up the justification for having a a sword fight with a zombie man at the end because (laughs) she's, she's in fencing. You know what? You didn't even need that line. If she just picks up a broadsword and starts fighting, that's not the most out of place thing in this movie. No. But I appreciate it's, that it's they fun. try and set up stuff like that. Other inexplicable things happen, but we got to make sure that there's a justification for her wielding a sword. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go nuts. Literally, the best part of the entire movie <laughs> is justifying that for all they really tell us, her and I guess the captain and the cop are the only people who they give any justification for being good with any kind of a weapon. Yep. However, by about the midway point of this movie, everybody is Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) They're all amazing. They're amazing shots. They're amazing in hand-to-hand. But they're also doing really stupid things that make no sense. Like, what was it? The one woman who's got the shotgun and a zombie from across the way is going to throw an axe at her. (laughs) And she leaps up into the air five feet so she can shoot. And then the axe continues to fly over her head. So it was already flying so high that she couldn't get hit by it by jumping in the air like she was trying to catch it. Why did you have to dodge? That, <laughs> but it looked good. So, so it's that so scene, dumb. That whole scene. action scene's nuts. That action scene when goes on for so long yeah. that the song stops and a new song kicks in. Yeah, it's crazy. When she, when she jumps in the air, I thought the scene... Because they do the slow-mo of the bullets coming out of the shotgun and splintering. I thought it was going to show you her shooting the axe out of the air because of the angle. Okay. And it 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 doesn't (laughs) it doesn't go anywhere near the axe. But like that whole scene is nuts. 30 feet above her head. And that whole that entire action scene was filled with the Matrix bullet camera, man. Like, oh, yeah. It's like he oh, saw the Matrix God. and was like, you can do this? And he did it nonstop well, for everything. Every character to... gets one, but More in the middle one. of whatever action sequence they're doing, but you can tell it's reshoots because they're wearing different clothes than they are during the action scene, and they're using different weapons than they are in the action yeah. scene. And then for whatever reason that possesses him, he starts intercutting the action scenes with quick shots from the arcade game. I know. And he just, he does it slowly at first and then it's nonstop. Like the first it is time just it happened, like nonstop. I thought I imagined it. The first time I was yes. like, did I, I look at her and I'm like, was that the game footage? She's like, I think so. 
And by the fourth time out of the 32 times <laughs> that it happens, yeah. no exaggeration, I looked it up because I started keeping count. I actually had a video game counter that I was counting and 32 times he shows game footage yeah. in the middle of an action scene. And we're talking about early 2000s polygonal 3D coming at you for a, a light gun game. It does not mesh with the movie at all. No. But... It's the same types of enemies that are happening in that action scene. So it's clearly deliberate. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's deliberate. And if that wasn't crazy bonkers enough, when the girl wearing, like, the American flag oh, yeah, suit red, white, dies, yes. Yes. he go the main character closes his eyes, and it goes into this <laughs> strobe light flashback of everything oh, we've man. seen about the film from the beginning till now. It was so long and so much. It was almost like, whoa, I can't even keep my eyes on this thing. Like, holy crap. Yes. This is brutal. I don't even know what the point of that was. The entire movie flashes before his eyes. It was the part of the song, like the guitar was just going, and I think he was like, cool. I'm just going to do a whole bunch of flashbacks, not realizing it was a 45 second solo. And it just went through everything we've seen from that point on. That was like, holy crap. That was crazy. And then he gives her the character death scene where she's just standing what is with that? spinning yeah. on a red screen. Yeah. Oh, my More God. More than one character gets that where they die. You see them yes. die, and then you get a separate camera shot of them standing there looking around all sad as the camera spins around them going red and blood coming down from the screen like a game over screen. Yes. And not everyone gets it. The woman cop, the marina no. cop, gets chopped in half and doesn't get that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have found that as funny as I did. You should have. You should have. But I found it hilarious. Like how fast it is. Just is, tap, tap, tap. How fast? <laughs> and and the best part is like Iron like, Chef. They're only tap, tap, tap. they're only holding her legs, and they cut her up, like chop her up. Like I got the impression they were comically chopping her up a bit at a time, all the way up to her <laughs> waist. I don't know why. That's just the way it looked to me, and I was dying. I was when she, when he pulls just her upper half through the window. <laughs> it's just well, because it takes. I'm, I'm going to say generously, dying. it takes two seconds from when she's grabbed as she's yes. trying to get through the window to him successfully yes. pulling half of her through pulling the window. Through. And in two seconds, yes. her legs are gone. Yeah, she's gone. It may as well have been a wood chipper. Yeah, and then he's and she lives as she's passing away. For a he's long like, time. "You saved us." You saved us. It's like, you saved us. Oh, he's trying to give her some You're in the building now, but you're nowhere near being safe. <laughs> well, meanwhile, yeah. when the boat captain goes outside, he has all the time in the world <laughs> to calmly walk down the steps of the building and stand amidst the zombies. And then when our main survivor character opens the door, turn around and have like a heartfelt look at him while he lights up a dynamite because he's been bit and he's going to die anyway. Well, they take forever to even notice him, but that marina cop they, is they, screwed. <laughs> they forgot that he was bit about thirty minutes earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because when he gets bit in the leg, oh, he's dying. He's changing. Uh, he was bit on the arm like thirty minutes ago, and, and they knew about fine. it. And they he didn't all even hide know it. about it, and he is. Yeah. Fine. Right. I thought it was going to be the trope of he hides it, like he rolls his sleeve up and doesn't tell anyone. Yep. He shows it. He's like, oh, 
I'm dead now. I got bit. And there's like, no, no, it's fine. Hang out with us. You'll still you'll be some okay. of your alcohol on it. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah they yeah, just pour alcohol, alcohol on the zombie wound. <laughs> and he doesn't even yes. react. No. And my favorite part is he walks outside to take his life. He couldn't have walked a little further. His explosion compromises the entire oh, integrity of the house after he was like you don't know what's going to come through the door go barricade yourselves in there be safe right. leave me behind so he goes outside just like nah you didn't follow my plan i'm gonna blow half the house up and he stands <laughs> five feet away from the door with a stick of dynamite you know and it immediately <laughs> implodes the door the door, the barricaded windows, like it is everything. He decimates their their entire defense. He decimates it. <laughs> well, the only thing better is when they get into the mad scientist's room and you have that weird red glowing liquid and you can yeah. see all of the, I guess, what? The worm parasite things that turn people into zombies, which, by say, the way, look like Seaman for the sake of Dreamcast. They look like a nightmare version of Seaman, and I think that's intentional. <laughs> but one of the girls sees that, immediately panics, and shoots the glass, letting them all yes. out, and then all those little parasites immediately find zombie bodies to jump into. They sabotage yes. themselves at every possible turn in this movie. The zombies yes. aren't even that effective. They're just facing the dumbest people possible. Yeah. Or it's awesome. I I'm going to jump backwards here to explain how stupid these people are. They finally get to the island. They get to what is supposed to be the biggest party of the year, the biggest rave ever. A, there's no music. And they keep talking about dancing and partying the night away. And I'm like, there's no music. But B, <laughs> every human... And only one of them is apparently smart enough to say, uh, guys, yeah, the one there's girl. nobody here. Yeah. 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 There's nobody here. That's not normal. This should yep. be an island full of party. Yeah, they pick up, pick up a bloody shirt. They pick up literally. A and they're just like, hey, let's have some booze. Yeah, let's just like, have some oh, beer, have some oh sex. And, we're good. and half of the stuff they've set up for the rave is smashed. Yeah. What do you think can, happened here? Can we talk about that almost sexy? Because <laughs> I. Because <laughs> he had to go pee. It's like they didn't script it. It's like, okay, uh, you guys are supposed to have a sex scene here. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, Velcro, Velcro, got to do up the Velcro. <laughs> he's like, come here. And he jumps on top of her and he's like, oh, I, I need an excuse to not have sex because you're supposed to die here. Uh, uh, yeah, I got to... Uh, I got I got to go pee and then he goes to go pee in the corner and <laughs> he's like go outside but then when they and find him he's inside just the about body. to pee in the tent <laughs> he was just about to pee in the tent he's like oh well now that I'm outside in nature I I'll should go find to a washing it's <laughs> 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 so dumb I'm surprised so they shied dumb. away from a sex scene there because they had no problem showing so all the boobs in the first half hour of this this yes. was every 80s slasher I've ever seen Whole oh, man, yes. you had yeah. what was it the the lady from Smallville? Yeah, playing Lois yeah, Lane. Lane. She's Eric, naked Eric on the Eric beach Durant. with her boyfriend, who has a zombie push their hand through him, which was one of the cooler moments. I thought that yeah. was kind of awesome. Yes, yeah. you have the Paris Hilton well, knockoff girl who's just topless for no reason, so Clint Howard can talk to her in the boat. <laughs> uh, don't just forget all the boobs. that her boyfriend, that the zombies who indiscriminately murder most people, kidnap her boyfriend, after they play footsie with her in the water. Because <laughs> they attack her in the water, just let her go. <laughs> okay, how so deep bad. was that water? She's 20 oh my feet God. How deep? And the camera it is looks like, like 40 feet below her like it's, it's Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. 
And then yeah. when she goes to get out of the water because he's gone missing, she's five feet from shore. Five and feet it's from still shore, deep. same camera angle, 40 feet in the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? And then she just stands up and leaves. Yeah. That makes no and, sense to me. And that's why this movie's oh, awesome. God. Honestly, this movie is, it has more goofs look, listed look on IMDb than how much Mark's been laughing trivia. in this podcast. He had yeah. to have had a good time. <laughs> how many movies oh, can yeah. you think of where part awesome. of the soundtrack goes into beatboxing oh. when Commander Kirk is on his boat defending himself? A beatboxing oh. moment against oh. swimming zombies. No. no, no. The best is, wait a minute. Your name's Captain Kirk. Pulls out the knife, stabs it. <laughs> I don't like Captain Kirk jokes. What? <laughs> All of that is intentional. All of that. Those is are choices. Those, yeah. are Those are choices in the script. Made. And they are amazing choices. choices. <laughs> this movie is bizarre. Oh this movie is out there. Every time there's a fight scene, they throw every trick they can at it. You got people doing axe kicks to zombies, you got people doing headbutts to them. You think of the traditional zombie film where it's headshots and, you know, running away and that's it. This goes, screw that. Let's just do everything. This doesn't need to be a traditional fight. Like, oh best, my God. One of the best parts it's, about that it's is. refreshing. But one of the best parts about that is, is every idiot who decides to eventually give up the gun and go hand to hand inevitably gets overwhelmed. I know. And dies. It's great. A horrible screaming death. Every <laughs> single one. <laughs> oh, God. It's great. So great. All these characters are morons. The main character near the end when he's trying to oh. escape from the mad scientists and he runs out of the, I guess, the back of that building where it's basically a wooden shed door, throws a grenade down after them and then stops to close the wooden door like it's going to make any difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he has to double back so to close that. Dumb. He loses precious time to close basically <sighs> an outhouse door for a live grenade. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're amazing. And then, and then I his, love them. When his girlfriend eventually gets stabbed in the heart, which apparently is just but a flesh wound, because she's yeah, she, yeah, she undead. She, well, before she becomes undead, she's stabbed in the heart, falls over. You think she's dead? Gets back up yep. so he can stomp the zombie's head and then dies again, so that he could take her down and put the zombie juice in her. All right. So, so this tough. this is where the movie completely won me over because. When she squishes the main zombie's head and he's sitting there yeah. lamenting his girlfriend, yes. I said to Corinne, I was like, the best thing they could do right now is he breaks bad and he decides to bring her back. They do that. I'm all in. This is the best goddamn movie I've watched this year. So when the NSA agents show up and he's being really cagey about what happened to his girlfriend, he's like, you know, does she look dead to you? And then in the voiceover, the monologue afterwards, he basically admits yes. he's gone mad scientist. Yeah. I lost yes. my mind on that couch. <laughs> it's so true. I love when he saw the blood for the first time in the lab, so, and right away he just sees everything that's going oh, on. It's like, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well, he's like, it's brilliant. genius. <laughs> yeah. That's what gave me hope. Why? When he said yeah. that, and then she's dying, like, please let him turn no. mad scientist. This is amazing. The, the best part, though, we cannot ignore this. When she stomps on the head, the <laughs> face... That the, the zombie head makes with its, it's like amazing. tongue out the side, its eyes bulge out. It's pretty good. I was in tears. It is good. I was laughing for like a solid five minutes because I was just like, <laughs> did they actually? <laughs> it reminded me of 
Do you remember those toys? They were the little balls. Mad and balls. Could, like, yeah. Them, their eye, the bad balls. Their eyes yeah. would bulge. That's exactly <laughs> what the head did. <laughs> Like, little things dying. like that make this amazing. Or when it looks like their looks like their friend is alive at the end, but he's smiling all creepy when they're in the the mad scientist area. I was like, please tell me that's that's actually the mad scientist and it's a disguise. Yes. And sure enough, yes. he pulls off their friend's face like it's Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. It makes no logical sense, uh, but it's not- on point with this film. And it's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't recommend this movie enough if you're a fan of bad <sighs> movies, because this is one of the best bad movies I've ever I, seen. I think that's what's important is I would I would absolutely yes. recommend this and but warn people, you gotta be in the mindset for it and be prepared for to laugh at a bad film. Yeah. When you're ready for that, you will enjoy this it. This is up there with Toilet of the Dead. This is up there with Jason X. This is up there with Thanksgiving with the evil turkey. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best bad movies I have ever witnessed. It's a shame that Uwe Bull peaked for me. My favorite <laughs> film of his is this, and it's the first video game adaptation he did. I'm concerned that if we watch more of them, they'll never recapture this magic. Yeah, right now I'm glad it's the last one we watched. I'm going to be chasing the dragon. I went out on I, a high note. I, yeah. I'm going to say <laughs> that if I never watch another Uwe Bull movie again, I'll be fine. Because <laughs> I will watch more of them now. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm not supposed to be. It's not a comedy. Like, I don't I'm not, know. I yeah, think this is we three, horror, three horror films. You got I two horror movies and a comedy. Is doing this on purpose. I think he knows what he's doing, and I think he's got a good sense of humor on him. I agreed. At I, this point, I, I he has to be. I, I can't, he has I, to. I can't agree. I can't agree. <laughs> he makes so many choices that make no sense oh. within the context of his own movie. There are times where characters are saying or doing things. The editing's bad. I don't know that he knows what he's doing, but he I know he's doing something. Some sort of magical power because he breaks every single rule that makes me hate a film. You don't follow the rules of your own story. You can't pay attention to continuity of editing. Like you're using inner monologue, all these things that I normally hate. And he makes it work. <laughs> you have different definitions of work. It's like he's making a parody of all the things I despise, but making it palatable. I will watch more Uwe Bull. I'm on with green eggs and ham at this point. Let's do this. No. No. <laughs> I hate Uwe Bull. Again, not good movies. It's not a good Yes, movie. they're terrible. I want to stress movies. that. This is not the best video game adaptation we've seen, despite having actual video game footage. Mm-hmm. There are far better films if you're looking for legitimately, that was a well-told story executed well. This might be the most video gamey movie. Yes. <laughs> Between death scenes, Pretty video close. game footage sliding yeah. in there. Just pure action nonsense. Yeah. <sighs> Things like yeah. it's very video. It's very Sega again. I'll right. Go back and to that. The House of the Dead games get pretty cheesy and yeah, exactly more humor oriented yeah. than and horror. the dialogue is horrendous in those games. Like so, this feels on point for that particular franchise. Correct. So it's actually it's <laughs> that's actually just it translated well and feels very yeah, video like, gamey. It adapts an arcade first person. And this shooter. has three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's three times as good as Alone in the Dark. It's way better than Alone in the Dark. <laughs> Yeah, Lone of the Dark was just boring. Oh, this was never boring. No. This always did something that made me just boggle my eyes at what was (laughs) taking place. (laughs) If you played a drinking game to the video game footage, you'd die. (laughs) This game is something. Alcohol poisoning. (laughs) But you've heard our very tentative and very specific recommendations on this one. 
this will bring our, our particular run to a close. Happy Halloween, everybody. Go out for those treats. Don't get those tricks. Don't be tricked by us when we say these films are fun because it doesn't necessarily mean they're good. But if you enjoy the kind of stuff that we enjoy, then you are, in fact, in for a treat. We thank you again for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. I'm going this year as Uwe Bowl. It's terrifying. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athens, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.